Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on what day or time of day you are actually listening to the podcast. This is Dr. Malika, and this is the Transforming Your Life podcast. It is Transformation Tuesday. I hope that you are having, so far, a good week. Hope that your Mother's Day and time with your mother, or if you are a mother, happy belated Mother's Day was a good one. So, um, as always, I like to thank you guys at the top of the show for your support. I do not take it lightly um, that you guys tune in to listen each week and give me feedback on the episodes. And again, I welcome your show ideas, any topics you would like to discuss, feel free to send those to me um, through social media or even by email. With that out the way, let's get into it. So today's topic is control freaks, control freaks. So I'll give my own little personal spiel on this. I still have these tendencies, but I'm much better than I used to be. But I know that I was a control freak. And this is how I realized it was an issue. Probably about four or five years ago. This is 2019. So probably about five years ago um, when I had to start flying for my uh, year in residence of my PhD program, I had to fly um, to the physical campus where the school's located in Minneapolis. I would have to fly there because I would have to stay for a minimum of 10 days, do coursework and different things. And because I would be gone for so long and I would have to go every quarter to do this for a year, it wasn't feasible for my husband to fly with me. So. I prior to hadn't really flown very much without him. Um, I don't fly by myself. I usually fly with someone. And so I had to face my issues with flying. I don't know when this became an issue because I had been on planes before when I was younger, but I definitely noticed this as an adult that I could not be comfortable or at ease on a plane. Now, some people that I know, they fly all the time they're able to relax, they're able to sleep, they're able to enjoy the the process of flying and what it is, but I would be a basket case to where I had to take something to put myself to sleep. I finally realized that this was a control issue, that because I was not in control, that I felt like I was gonna lose it. And so I had to start working on some stuff with myself. I had already rationalized in my mind that if I was driving my car, I'm in control. But then I had to start analyzing that and realizing that when we drive, we're not actually in control. We're still subject to the other people on the road and we cannot control them. So as I started to just really look at my thought process with the flying, I started to get better. And now I'm at the point where I really, really do enjoy getting on a plane. I love what I can see from that high up. I like taking pictures. I like the fact that I can get to where I have to go much faster than having to drive places. So I definitely have worked on the control thing in a lot of different areas of my life. And so I felt like that this would be a good topic to talk about, not just because I personally have the issue, but I feel like there are a lot of us that are dealing with this issue. So let's just try to get to the psychology of a control freak all right a person that is high control is a person that has a very extreme form of behavior when it comes to being able to have say so 
over something in their life. All right. A control freak. They feel like they lack control in different areas of their life. They may have now that issue or it may have been something in the past. And we'll talk about how the past and our childhood influences this. But their excessive need to control is because they feel like they're lacking control someplace in their own life. Now, we know lack of control is a very broad saying. It's a very broad term. And the reality is we can't control every aspect of our life. That's not even a possibility. And we probably don't want to control every aspect of our life because that gets rid of all the spontaneity, the experiences, the surprise of life. You will not have that if you try to control everything. But a person that feels like they have not had a say so or they feel like they've been in too many situations where they did not have an opinion or were able to express control over what was happening starts to feel chronically as if they're lacking control. This motivates them to try to gain control in other areas of their life that they can consider to be controllable. But the reality is they actually are not. They're totally fine with trying to manipulate these things and steer these things and organize these things towards where they're going, not really that, realizing that the issue they really have is an emotional issue and probably things that they need to come to terms with based on the experiences that they had. So here's some of the things that we have to look at. Um, I'll give you a, 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 a scenario. All right. If a person lacks control over situation X, we'll say situation X could be your job a relationship, your emotions. It could be your health or just your life in general. Instead of them trying to regain control over situation X, they seek to control situation Y. And situation Y is usually something that's easier for them to gain control over. It could be something as simple as um, an interaction with a person, or it could be as simple as moving furniture in the house. I can control where the furniture will be. So because I have control of this, I'm gonna move it around, right? I know the furniture seems like it doesn't really matter. It's not important, but that's an example. Let's use, let's take this a little bit further. What if this person feels like they lack control in their job? Instead of them trying to regain control in the area where they feel like there is no control, they may try to regain it by, let's use my furniture analogy, by moving the furniture in the house or interfering in their kids' lives. Let me pause on that because how many of us have seen parents try to orchestrate everything in their children's lives, every step that they're making, all the decisions that they're making, instead of allowing their children to make those decisions on their own. One of the challenges that you will find is that that parent probably felt like at some point in time, they didn't get to make the decision that they chose to make for whatever reason. It could be someone else made the decision for them or they didn't have the information they needed to make the decision, but in some kind of way, they feel like they lack control of that situation. So a lot of times you'll find that they will try to do that in other people's lives. And kids are usually a very easy target to do that in. 
So that will show you that there could be a possible control issue with that particular person. So back to what we're talking about, about the fact that when you can't control X, you try to control Y. The human mind always tries to seek the shortest path to get to a goal. Because what we're trying to do is to quickly regain a feeling of control. And we always say the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. So we always go from a psychological standpoint, the shortest path to attain a goal. It might be easier to move the furniture around or to control your kid's life than try to work through whatever the issue is in your life that you feel like you can't control. Another psychological reason that you will find a person that is high, a high level of control is fear. So I gave you my example of my issue with flying. There was definitely a fear factor involved in that. The irrationality of the fact that my mortality is questioned when I get on a plane. Totally discounting the fact that from a cycle uh, from a statistical standpoint, flying is actually the safest way to travel. More people die in car crashes than die actually in plane crashes. And so fear definitely drives us when it comes to dealing with or trying to control situations. So I'll give you another example when it comes to fear. We like to control things that have the potential of harming us because by controlling that, we feel like we can prevent it from harming us. I know it doesn't make sense when you say it, but that is what the mind is thinking. So I'll give you an example. Um, a girl, she's dating. She's afraid her boyfriend will dump her. And so in order for her to take control over what's happening and stop him from dumping her, she starts to control him. Constantly checking in, constantly asking where he is, believing that that's going to keep him with her. Not realizing that the situation she needs to deal with is whether or not there's compatibility or the irrationality of her fear that he's going to dump her. That might not even be the case. Here's a similar example. Husband fears that his wife is going to cheat. And because of that fear, he starts to control her. He starts to manipulate and needs to know every little step that she's making. The fear is what's driving them to do what particular thing. Now, I know that husband cheating thing. I know all the ladies are out there. Well, maybe, you know, for him, it's a defense mechanism because he feels guilty. That could be part of it, too. But let's use this as an analogy for this one. All right. Um, the fear drives us. And anytime fear is driving us, there's no rationality with fear. So we have to be careful because the one thing I will tell you about fear when it's an influencer of how we, how we move and how we, we make decisions, it's not rational at all. It's very much an irrational emotion. So we have to be careful because the logic says I'm avoiding pain and harm. I'm avoiding the things that I fear. But the reality is that you can't control and prevent things from happening. And sometimes you actually cause things to happen worse than what you were trying to avoid altogether. I want to take a break right here and then I want to come back and I want us to look at this a little bit more and then talk about whether or not this is something that can be changed. Uh, because some people are like, okay, well, we've identified this, but 
where's the hope of possibly changing this particular situation? So we'll be back in a second. Transform Your Life podcast with Dr. Malika. We'll be right back. So we're back, Transforming Your Life podcast, and we are talking about control freaks. And I said I wanted to give some more things to look at um, to understand the psychology of what we're dealing with when we're talking about a high control person, a person that feels the need to be in control of every aspect of their life, usually because they felt out of control at some point in time. Um... So we talked about fear and a couple of other things being the driving force, the lack of control in other areas of our life as the reason why a person can become a control freak. Um, There are some other things that you can notice with a person that's a control freak. Obviously, this is not a clinical diagnosis. It's not a clinical term, but you can see that there's some disordered behavior that might possibly be in there. Um, Sometimes you might find that the control seekers are very much obsessive about certain things. Um, It may be a particular area of their life, their finances, or it may be their job, or it may be how the house is kept, or it may be their kids, but they're very obsessive about that particular thing or things. And it seems like they're always hyper-focused on this particular thing. The other thing you'll notice too, is that a lot of times they can be angry. Their angry can be overt or it could be passive aggressive. But again, they have this need to be in control. And if they don't, you'll see them spiraling and they'll feel like their life is going to fall apart. Here's some things that might be some tips that you're identifying a person that is a high control person or control freak correcting people all the time when they're wrong and some of these I can see myself in the past like I try now to be better about these things because I realize what these particular behaviors have been a sign of so a person with a high need for control they feel the need to correct everyone when there's wrong when they're wrong correcting spelling and punctuation however please spell correctly (laughs) use proper punctuation I mean the professor of me has to say that Um, it's one of those things that bothers me but yeah the chronic need to do that might be um, an indication that a person has an issue with control Um, other things besides that they might correct um, details if a person's retelling a story they're correcting details of the story from something from the past um, instead of letting the person just tell it or They correct a person who has bad manners or they correct a person that does something that's wrong and inappropriate. I don't think I ever got that bad, but you know, the punctuation thing was a thing for me, right? But the fact that we have to correct a story or correct a person's manners, that's above and beyond what you consider the normal um, interactions with a person or correcting things, right? You'll notice that they always have to win an argument or they have to have the last word. And sometimes they may feel like they're the most practical, logical, intelligent person in the crowd. And they don't realize that they have a superiority, an air of them, the superior. 
and that's how they interact with people and it can sometimes be difficult for them to maintain relationships because of this behavior they'll refuse to admit when they're wrong this is probably one of the most annoying things we all probably have those friends colleagues whoever they may be family members who cannot admit when they're wrong it can be the smallest or simplest thing and they still can't admit when they were wrong they gave you directions and they gave you the wrong street but somehow you were through the gps you were able to figure it out you let them know hey you gave me a wrong turn but i was able to work it out and they will tell you no you just heard me wrong right something so meaningless but they still have to be in control so they can't admit when they're wrong um, and so that definitely can be very very annoying another thing that you'll notice um, they'll judge or criticize other people uh, become very sanctimonious and hypocritical with how they look at other people's behavior they're always constantly analyzing others lives but they're never really truly looking at their own lives and analyzing it so that is one of those qualities for sure that will definitely drive people crazy people don't like to be constantly criticized and you'll deal with that when you're dealing with a control freak and here's another one and then i want to get into some things that we can do to fix this road rage so i chuckle because i had this conversation with my siblings um, we talked about um how we in general are aggressive drivers um but it was funny you know a lot of it we've gotten better at it but it was funny that we all have a tendency to have this kind of behavior mannerisms more behind the wheel of a car um, but driving with with road rage or driving with rage it's not just the fact that you're an aggressive driver it's beyond that it's like you're putting the, the the drivers down the other drivers down verbally you're making faces at them you're cursing at them flipping them off doing all this crazy inappropriate stuff um, you get annoyed because the person's driving too fast or too slow you act like the pedestrians are an interference and in the, they're a nuisance because you have to wait for the pedestrians to cross the street again it's all about them and control you can't control the situation that's what i said when i gave you my airplane flying scenario i told you i felt like i was in control when i drove but the reality is you're not because you're subject to every other person on the road and you cannot control the other people that are on the highway and so this just shows you that's another area where control freaks try to find a way to control the situation so let's talk about what we can do about this and I say we because I'm sure all of us have some areas that we are probably trying to control and we can work on it's really just a trait right it's something that we've adapted to or turned into over time but it doesn't mean that we cannot change it all right the root cause of it is what you need to look at a lot of times our childhood experiences have shaped how we've turned out as an adult being a control freak is one of those dominant personality characteristics that probably is rooted in our childhood experiences people often ask questions about you know the psychology behind a hoarder 
every hoarder's story is not the same, but this particular person that asked me the question, I know that they came from a very large family. So the access to things was very limited because of so many people and the resources. They weren't a wealthy family. And so I, and they noticed that there was a pattern of, of holding on to stuff unnecessarily in the family, which is what we would consider to be hoarding. And what I said that there's a psychology in there from when they were younger that they didn't always have. So now they don't want to be wasteful. They want to be able to control. They don't, you know, want to ever be in a situation where they lack. And so that might be the reason why they're hoarding those things. So part of this is you got to get in touch with what is causing you to try to have control over something. The other thing is you have to understand that you may not have had a say so in some of those childhood experiences. You may not have a say so on some of the adult experiences that you're going to have, but it's not healthy for you to try to control every aspect of your life. Psychologically, you can break yourself down if you continue to try to do that and you'll put yourself in a place that will put you in a worse off position than you were before you tried to control every situation. So the tips that I'm going to give you when it comes to this is just simply what I said. Number one, find out the source of your control issues. Why are you trying to be like this? This takes self-awareness. This takes self-reflection. This takes honesty. You're not going to be able to fix this overnight. I could have ignored the issues with me flying and let myself just be subject to that control issue, medicated myself just to get on a plane, but that's not a healthy way to deal with situations. If you have anxiety about something, if you have issues where you feel like you got to control certain things, if you want to get rid of those things and heal from those experiences that have caused that, you have to deal with the issues. It's not going to work with you just acting like it's going to go away or putting a bandaid over it, thinking that it's going to get better. And a lot of us, we psychologically put band-aids over stuff thinking that, oh, that's good enough until you get to another point in your life and you just completely break down. There's kind of another personal connection as to why I picked this topic for this particular week. Um, just dealing with a friend and I don't want to disclose the friend's information and their story, but it was a very serious situation to the point where I felt like this was a topic that we needed to talk about trying to control things and when you are trying to control things that you don't have control over eventually you can spiral down to the point where it actually has very negative consequences on your mental health physical health etc it'll take a toll to the point where you almost feel like what's the point and so this seems like not a big deal but i have to stress with you guys that this is something that you got to get control over because if you don't, you will get to a point where you feel like I'm no longer in control. The one thing I can control is whether or not I'm still here. And I know that sounds very grim, but unfortunately there are situations where that happens. And so we have to be careful about the things that we sweep under the rug or the things that we ignore or the things that we label not as big a deal or as important. Because anything that can impact your psychological health, your mental health and wellness, even a little bit is important. 
And so I can't stress that enough that we have to be careful with being honest with ourselves, analyzing our situations and doing the work. This is simply about doing the work. If you want to be a better you, you got to do the work. Our time is up. It goes so quickly. And so hopefully something was said here. Go back, reflect, look at your life, look at what you have going on, areas that you want to improve and do the work to make those things better. You can reach out to me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. My handle is Dr. Malika Speaks, M-A-L-A-I-K-A. You can also email me at drmalikaspeaks at gmail.com. As always, I say, be good to yourself and be good to others. Have a great rest of your week.